You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And this is just in the West, so I imagine the East teams had stats li- earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, time ch- time zones probably had something to do with it, right? So that was a joke, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I missed my cue. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we're part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And we here we are in 2019, still complaining about what people wear to sporting events. Uh, we went for lunch on Friday in Lloyd and some guy wore his pajama pants out to the bar at 1230 in the afternoon. <laughs> hey, he just so. has to sh- get home, head to pillow and he's good to go. Yeah. So like I had to do on Saturday after lunch. <laughs> like all I'm going to say is I'm a Rough Rider season ticket holder and there's a little bit of a fee that comes off of every single ticket that I buy that goes to pay for that stadium that they can play their pretty little hockey game in. So if I want to go to the stadium wearing a watermelon on my head, I'm going to go to the stadium wearing a watermelon on my head. <laughs> and just Rider fans are everywhere. Yeah. And it's just the worst. <laughs> I uh, when I went to New Orleans for WrestleMania, uh, so three days before WrestleMania or two, I wore a Rough Rider shirt to uh, Bourbon Street, and a guy came up to me, <laughs> and he goes, "I hate your shirt. I'm from Edmonton." <laughs> <laughs> So you just make friends everywhere you go. Exactly. So yeah. Oh, I also met Bill Goldberg on the connecting flight, and I asked him for a photo. And he said, just because you're wearing that silly shirt, I'll take a photo with you. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> his wife's a Sasky. So I, I think it pays off to wear uh, your Rough Rider gear all over the world. Keep doing it, Rider Nation. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, we start with... <laughs> The first game of the week that I, I'm going to say that probably about 75% of people's pick them right down the drain after Friday yep. night football. <laughs> yep. 100%. <laughs> the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the Calgary Stampeders 29-28 with Zach Kalaros starting at quarterback. Now, when they made this trade, I said it. Mike O'Shea said it. I don't know if he was lying, but I figured that this was just an insurance move. And I guess in a way it was because Shreveler got hurt against Calgary last Mm -hmm. week. And I kind of think that if he was healthy, he probably still would have played here. But I think for Zach Caleros' stat line, it went probably as well as you could have expected. I I think him finishing the game means more than his stat line does. Well, the fact the fact that he played an entire football game, and it didn't take long for him to get smashed. It was actually nope. by Winton McManus, a hit that looked very similar to mm-hmm. the Simone Lawrence hit in Game One of the of the season. I think the moral of the story here is that Zach needs to slide a lot sooner. One, yeah, like Winston is all or Winton is already committing to a tackle before Calaro starts to slide. So he's, I don't, it's like they're trying to get flags. It's like throwing over the middle, especially the NFL now. You throw over the middle, you don't even care if your guy catches it or not. You just give him a suicide pass and you get a first down for an unnecessary roughness hit. Right, right. Defenseless receiver or whatever they're claiming now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it almost like, I, I don't know. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I just think that he is trying to get as many yards as he possibly can. Yeah. But at some point, you have to. Get, if you're going to give yourself up, it's got to be earlier because like, it, it's, he's a terrible slider. 
to begin with. Like that was yeah. that one was that was terrible. It was, and you're you're just going to lead to getting more injuries, uh, you know, because you're not fully into your slide, and your body just kind of crumpled up, and it's just it's not it's not a good look. Well, Bo Mitchell has said it before that part of his job too is to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Because if if he's getting hurt all the time, what what good is he to his team? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, at the beginning of the year, we thought that the Riders would have been done without their starting quarterback. I don't think if you predicted what the Riders ended up doing this season, <laughs> you're a liar, probably crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're dr- drinking the Kool Aid. Calaros <laughs> uh, actually did also get ran over by Westerman. It was right on the first drive. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think he was going to survive the game. He did, and he actually got better as the game went on. But the Stampeders, they started this game with an 11-play, 8-minute scoring drive that's ended in a Hergie Mayala touchdown. When you have an 8-minute drive in the CFL, that is significant. And the Stamps, at this point, they don't really have a running game, but they're still able to control the clock and have these long drives that just mm-hmm. wear down defenses. And it, the defense, or I shouldn't say the defense, it, if you're going to control the ball and you know not give them opportun- not give the other team opportunities on offense, you're more than likely going to win this win a football game. I know it didn't work out, but I mean, if you're if you're going to have an eight minute drive. And maybe you hold them to one, maybe two possessions in a quarter. It's really hard to score points. It's really hard to blame Bo Mitchell for what's happening here. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. I think sometimes we talk out of the both sides of our mouths. We say that Toronto's win-loss record can't be put on McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But at some point... Bo Levi Mitchell's win-loss record. Like, I I like McLeod Bethel-Thompson, but I don't know if there's another quarterback in the league that could have had a record like his. Like, there at some point, he needs to get credit for it, right? Yes. I, 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 have, I, I have no argument the other way. And I know sometimes we say wins don't matter. It's it's a pretty bad stat to measure quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. he goes 31 of 43 for 350 yards. He throws for four touchdowns. He doesn't throw an interception, but somehow <laughs> they lose this game. <laughs> so uh, on that, you can't if you're up by you you're up by nine. Yeah, you can't you can't get shut out in the fourth going into that fourth quarter. You right. can't. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, well, there was a lot of plays that the Stamps left on the field as mm-hmm. well. Uh, early in the game, they converted a third and two in Winnipeg's end, and they had a holding call. Took the play all the way back. Uh, Renee Paredes missed a field goal, and later in the game, he missed a convert that ended up mm-hmm. getting returned all the way by Janarian Grant. So instead of another point on the Stampeders total, it ends up being two on Winnipeg's total. It's not very often when an offense can score a touchdown but lose momentum in the process. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I mean, it, it, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it, you can just see how deflating it is. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. I, I, and then you have, to, and then you have to kick the ball back to them. Exactly, which is uh, even crazier. I think the key moment in this game was the Stampeders getting stopped inside their five. Actually, Medlock pinned them there. About thirteen minutes left in the third quarter, and Rob Maver punts from his own end zone to the forty-yard line, but the Stamps take a fifteen-yard no yards penalty. So the Bombers got the ball on Calgary's 25-yard line. Unreal. <laughs> and the that's very a, that's next free play. points. That's, those are free points. Yep. Uh, the very next play, Zach Caleros connected with Kenny the King Lawler, and then the Bombers took the lead there, 17-14. And I know the analytics say, don't give up a safety. But 
when you're letting a team start on the 25. I'd rather give up two than six. Absolutely. And at least you kick it to them a lot deeper than that. Yeah, you can flip, not maybe not flip field position, but get get a little bit of a buffer, mm-hmm. not twenty five yards. Yeah, I that was like a key moment, and I, I'm sure Dickinson mm-hmm. would like to have that one back because you want your opponents to work for the yards, and they really didn't have to do anything for those. Yards. No, it, <laughs> like it's I'm surprised they punted that. I know. Like, every game that we've watched has always been, well, yeah, if the punter's, you know, five yards deep in his end, you take, you take the safety and you cut your losses mm-hmm. uh, and make them, you know, work for points. But if you're just going to give them up, I mean, it, it's just, it made zero sense to me when they did I get it. Like, I understand why you kicked that ball because you don't want to give up points. Yeah. Uh but, I mean, at some, you have to manage the game a little bit better than that. The defining moment in this game, and there was only about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, was that Caleros eight-yard touchdown to Darvin Adams, which it honestly looked like 2015 Zach Caleros to me. Mm-hmm. Before the knee injury, he scrambled like... It's it'll it's only in the books as an eight yard pass, but that could but have been a he ran <laughs> he ran forty yards to throw it, <laughs> and Darvin Adams keeping the staying in bounds on the mm-hmm. play that was capped off a seven minute drive for Zach Caleros and the Bombers, and I think at that moment it's like this has to be our guy going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I you can't if. If it's not working with the personnel you have in there, when you make changes and it starts to work, you have to roll with it, right? Yeah. NHL teams do this all the time. You ride the hot hand with a goaltender. And, and, you know, it's going to be where you're only going to need to win three games. You just need to be hot for three games if you're Winnipeg. Now, here's the thing. Do, Do the Bombers wish they were playing this week, or are they happy that they have the bye to end the season? Um, I think that depends on what, like, everybody's going to be beat up. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, it, it's hard to go a whole season without getting nicked up, but so, I mean, the rest will be nice for that way, but I, I mean, you know, it's a huge win. I'd like to keep it. I'd like to keep the momentum going if I was them. Uh, but I mean, sorry for schedule makers to, I think we need to start giving Toronto or Ottawa or probably just Toronto. They get they get the bye in the last week because they're probably not going to make the playoffs every year, right? And then we don't. And then it doesn't even have to be a discussion anymore. Uh, the Bombers do end the season eleven and seven after the Justin Medlock walk off thirty four yard field goal here. Darvin Adams four of seven for twenty yards in a touchdown. Kenny the King Lawler. Five catches on five targets for 59 yards and a touchdown. Nick Dembski got involved. Three catches, 44 yards. He also had three carries for six yards and a touchdown. In which and a five dollar f- bill. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure he has to return that because wouldn't that be circumventing the cap? <laughs> I like that. I mean, there's some sort of conspiracy going on in. <laughs> Uh-huh. In Winnipeg, when fans are tipping players, is he going to claim that on his taxes? No, that's a gift, isn't it? Okay, that's a good point. That's but a very if good it's point. A tip, if it's a tip, it's not taxable. Okay, okay. Right? I don't know. <laughs> what am I, an oh, accountant? <laughs> the, the, the fact that the Stamps didn't win this game is just unreal. But it just shows how complete of a team that the the bombers are mm-hmm. Adam Big Hill made the plays he needed to make Willie Jefferson set the record for the most pass knockdowns by a, a defensive lineman in CFL history and it was a big night for Andrew Harris as well as far as milestones go but as far as usage not at all uh he had 15 carries for 64 yards three catches for 21 yards i guess i mean the 15 catches 
is nice, but he eclipses 9,000 yards in his career, and he now has the mm-hmm. most rushing yards ever for a Canadian. But in the last podcast, I talked a lot about, well, a little about the league's history. And a fascinating part about the history is that Normie Kwong's 1948 and 49 seasons didn't count toward his yard total because they didn't record stats in the West until 1950. I, I guess it's estimated that he had between six and 800 yards in those two years. So I guess this is officially Andrew Harris breaking the record, but I would say next year about August would be when he breaks the real record, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> like, and, and it's in every league. Like we're coming up with stat. I know rushing is not a made up stat, right? Like it's, yeah, it's pretty cut and dry, but like, we're now tracking exit velocity on ground balls in Major yeah. League Baseball. And launch okay. angle. <laughs> I get it, but it's, when is enough enough? Yeah. Right? And then, but so, and like, they didn't record until 1950. And this is just in the West, so I imagine the East teams had stats li- earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Time cha- time zones probably had something to do with it, right? So that was a joke, Travis. <laughs> Sorry, I missed my cue. Because they would have got it first, right? <laughs> yeah, especially in Newfoundland, right? Yeah, yeah, eight thirty Newfoundland. <laughs> um, so yeah, the official record is nine was nine thousand twenty two. But I mean, two years. Yeah, I'm guessing probably it's probably about ten thousand. Yeah. But I'm sure Harris will get there next year anyway. So Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big night for Mike Miller as well. He's now number two all time in special teams tackles with 185. It was just Jason Araki for the BC Lions that said it not mm-hmm. long ago. And just five more to go for Mike Miller. But the thing that blows my mind here is that the Bombers have now won the season series against Calgary for the first time since 2002. Oh, that's a while ago. At 2002, we would have been in grade nine. That was a good year. Was it? (laughs) So the Bombers are going to finish either second or third in the West. The Stamps can finish first, second, or third. (laughs) I... But they don't hold their own. They don't hold their own destiny. So that for is first one, anyway. Th- for first, yeah. So that is one advantage, Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Montreal here, where the Tie Cats beat the Owls thirty-eight twenty-six. And I, I just did a quick glance after this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Tie Cats have won the season series with every single team in the league. Wow. So that, if you just look over their schedule, I'm just, I I could be crazy. I could be wrong somewhere. But, and I know they only play the West teams twice. There there is no. Yeah, but they only play two teams in their division twice as well. Right. So the the Ticats here are the real deal. And I actually think for, you know, a couple of the games this week, they didn't, they didn't matter, but I think we kind of have a clear picture of what the MOP battle is going to be. <laughs> and I think it's going to be Brandon Banks in the East and Cody Fajardo in the West. I think that's a pretty safe bet. It's not going to pay a lot, but it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> I, I think that... Willie Jefferson, he's probably got a shot still. He'll be, at, he, he'll probably, it's going to be between him or Andrew Harris who gets the nod from when, for who will be Winnipeg's representative that gets in the, into the discussion, right? Right. And I, I think Willie will still be in there for most outstanding defensive and, of yeah. course, Andrew Harris for Canadians. So they're, they're probably mm-hmm. still going to be there at awards night. But after this, Brandon Banks has 11 catches, 201 yards, three receiving touchdowns, but the third one... It's a, it's a pass. That is crazy to me. <laughs> we, and the, 
I've been noticing a lot more this year than in any other seasons. Of them calling uh, it know, a just, pass? Well, because it is, right? Because it's not a handoff. It's a pitch. But he's, mm-hmm. it's a pitch forward. So it's a pass because the ball goes forward. <laughs> like It's not it, a handoff. And we're talking. He's tossing, he is tossing a, a the foot. ball. <laughs> yep. It's not a it's it's not a handoff. Wow. And the ball doesn't go backwards. Wow. It was this time last year mm-hmm. that Brandon Banks broke his collarbone and it kind of derailed the yep. Ty Cats offense. Now I kind of wonder if they would survive without Brandon Banks with all the depth they have at receiver. I'm sure Ty Cats fans don't want to think Luke about Tasker that. Luke Tasker out of nowhere is healthy again. Yeah. It, it's just silence, radio silence, and then all of a sudden he's on the depth chart. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I shouldn't be surprised at that. But can you defend this guy? I It looked like, and I know it was a game that didn't matter to either team, so maybe they didn't want to show their hand as how they're going to defend Banks if they get to the East Final to play this team team but he was just wide open it seemed on every single play mm-hmm. i don't know how you it's it it's like in the nhl you could literally call a penalty on like every play that Connor mcdavid's involved in but they can't it's not but it's the only way to def- <laughs> no i mean wait wait they do it in the cfl I've, like this year the, the illegal blocks in the backs on returns and stuff has just been getting out of hand yeah, but the only way to stop him is to just take him down. Forty nine point one fantasy points is that a record since we've started this podcast? Oh, it might be. I don't think we've had a fifty. Hmm. He yeah, was I, one yeah. catch away from yeah. <laughs> fifty, which I don't think has happened since we started. Get- can you imagine this. putting Brandon Banks in your lineup this week and still losing? <laughs> you could have I had him. Guarantee you somebody did it. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't me, but... Somebody scoring like 60 total points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Tasker did return from injury. He had three catches. Uh, and, and Tyrell Sutton came out of the game early. It was actually mm-hmm. his first game back in Montreal since... He got traded to BC a year ago. There were no words on his injuries, if there was one, or if they just wanted to uh, keep him good for the playoffs. But Malik Irons comes in, has 10 carries for 43 yards to go along with two catches for 11 yards. And as we wind down the fantasy season, so the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge, I end up winning this week against Ryan from Canadian Football Countdown. I clinch first in that. You pitch a shutout. You had a good week, 119 points against it really BB helps Ken the point Ryan. differential. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but if, if your league is coming down to the last week of the season, so I've got a 6.2 lead in our personal league, or 6.2 point lead. I have it. I have it. I have it here. You have a 6.1 point lead. Going into the last week of the season. Yeah. And I don't like it because anybody could be taken out at any time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to say it now. I'm going to have to stock up on stamps and riders because they're, they're both they're, playing they're, for they're the ones, games. They're the only teams that have something to play for. Yeah. And a lot of their players are really expensive, so it might be tough. <laughs> yeah. Could, could, could put you in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eugene Lewis goes seven for nine, has a 100-yard day. It's his first 1,000-yard season in the CFL. He's only 26 years old. Jake Winicky added 71 receiving yards and a touchdown. He also had a beautiful pass <laughs> for 27 mm-hmm. yards. Which made me think, what are the Owls doing here? Like, why wouldn't they save that for the playoffs? <laughs> that, that's that's also another great point. We thought this game was going to be super vanilla. Yeah. And then we're, we're seeing stuff like this. And it's like, mm, I wouldn't have let that cut out of the bag just yet. Absolutely. But I was looking at him, and he's only 
25 years old. Vernon Adams, mm. he's young too. If they can keep this core together, there is a great future for the Montreal Alouettes. And with the talent, like when you can have uh, LBJ retire and your O-line hasn't lost a step, you've done something yeah. right. Absolutely. Except for the left tackle position, that offensive line is really good. You got to get that shade in there know, every chance. We all know that I love Tony Washington. <laughs> Chris Matthews had four catches for 55 and a touchdown. Quan Bray added a touchdown mm-hmm. and 60 yards. And Jeremiah Johnson had 16 carries for 105 yards. I don't know if you caught John Lou's retro TSN coat he was wearing. I did. I mean, him and Shinetti, like their fashion sense, it's off the charts, I think. And Lou is the better athlete, as we've seen. <laughs> so he also has that go. going for him. Great bow ties. <laughs> like I don't know if you caught Kahari jo- Jones air guitaring to Led Zeppelin during a review. <laughs> Are you ready for us to lose fans? <laughs> Why? I don't like Led Zeppelin. Ugh. Also, the doors can beat it, too. Who else do you want to crap on? Hart, ZZ Top. ZZ Top? Yeah. Did I stutter? Oh. Are you, are, you rev- are you just, like, trying to figure out why we're still friends? Yes. I Sometimes mm. I actually don't know. That's fair. <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you don't even have to say that. No, I don't. It's just I'm that so nice that's how of I know, a guy. Yeah, that's how I know it's real. <laughs> Vernon Adams went 11 of 14 for 142 yards, two TDs, and a pick. Matthew Schiltz comes in, 142 yards, a TD, and a pick him himself. And that was the pick that really uh, sent mm-hmm. Hamilton off to the races here. But I think the point there is Pipkin... Is an interesting spot. I think he's going to be elsewhere next year. Toronto is going to have to bring in nine quarterbacks into <laughs> camp again. Yeah, they're going to do that again. You're probably right. So he's going to have a shot. And yeah. I think the only guy that you're not going to look at is James Franklin. So literally every quarterback that doesn't have a contract, uh, they're going to take a flyer on. I think they have to. But, I mean, the kids didn't look terrible on Saturday. No. Uh, Dane Evans uh, throws for 379 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. I actually, well, they they have the Hayden Moore that uh, I think in the preseason he had a big big, uh, drive to finish off a game. He was fun to watch as well. But I kind of wonder if they're going to keep Dane Evans even in for the last game of the year, or has he done enough to earn the rest? It all depends, like, I would almost give him like a quarter just so right. he does get the reps and get and get some work in. But, I mean, you don't need to win this football game. It is nice to, to go out to end your season with a win and roll into playoffs like that. Uh, you also don't want him getting hurt on a nothing play in, yeah. in a game that means nothing other than for pride. I thought that the Brandon Banks one should have counted as a rushing touchdown. Did you catch that? Swing pass to Jeremiah Johnson that counted as a rush? Yeah. Is it because it was lateral or what? Yeah. If it, like, on uh, a lot of hitch, or not hitch plays, but like the wide receiver screens, a lot of those are counted as rushes because ah. it, it's, it, the ball goes backwards. So it's technically a pitch. Yeah. So in if these two teams play in the East final, uh, they, they it were. Should be, it should be a uh, knockdown, drag it out, fist fight. Yes, there was some uh, wrestling matches at the end of the game. Rico Murray, well, he popped Schiltz there. I really didn't think that one was uh, a big headshot. He kind of, well, he didn't need mm-hmm. to hit him. I will say that. No, uh, no but, yeah, like just the fact that he did hit him was unnecessary. But I don't yeah. think it was uh, like as egregious a headshot as you know people are going to want to make it seem to be. Uh, he ended up taunting the fans in Montreal, so... That's always good. <laughs> well, by the way, speaking of, 
players getting smashed. Reggie Bagleton took a shot from Mercy Maston in the mm-hmm. in the bomber game, and they called that. They gave it a flag, but Maston he could have made it a lot worse. I thought. Uh, yeah, he could have taken his head off. He he kind of turned around and hit him with his back. <laughs> yeah, he could have went. He could have went. He could have went all out and absolutely destroyed Reggie Bagleton. But the name of the game in this one was to stay healthy, and I think for the mm-hmm. most part uh, they did. And if they play in the East final, I keep saying if, but <laughs> I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I, I think it's the East final, and I think it's going to be fun. I think, man, just because I don't trust the riders, and I've saw this, <laughs> I, I saw the stat. The last three, to- the last three rider teams to finish first in the West, and what's happened to them? I know. Uh, I think Montreal, Hamilton will be, and like the West is so tight, and and you know we always think that because of that that the games are going to be somewhere. I think that Hamilton, Montreal will be the, the the better game of the two, and I think it'll be a lot of animosity. Yeah, absolutely. I. I- Hamilton's a team I don't want to play in the playoffs. No, I want nothing to do with Simone Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> and I say that because I say that because he's that damn good. Yeah, and I don't know when he's gonna hit my quarterback in the head and knock him out for the year. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, thank you, Simone, because it was it gave Fajardo a chance and probably a better football team with Fajardo than Calaros at the helm. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. The exhibition is on now until February 17th in Edmonton. I've actually seen people on my Facebook list with uh, pictures from this thing. It looks awesome. It's got three hundred, more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. Uh, you can see rare hand-drawn images of iconic heroes such as Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America. Man, this looks really cool. Brazilian tie. You could have one superpower. What would it be? To never get hangovers. I was going to say, you would probably want like a like like a new liver or like a super giant liver or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I regret everything from Thursday at four thirty PM until <laughs> like right now. So Every decision for, I made was the wrong one. So much for not drinking till Grey Cup. Oh I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. And if you're actually coming from out of town, there's a hotel deal on the website. It's the only place in Canada where you can see this exhibition right now. tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. Okay, the last game, or the th- the second last game of the week was Toronto. Next. Smashing Ottawa thirty nine to nine. I just generally kind of want to talk about this game where the Argos outscored Ottawa one hundred and thirteen to forty seven this year. Is there that much of a gap between Ottawa and the rest of the league? And this is a team that beat Calgary and Saskatchewan. I can't say that enough. Yeah, you want to talk about people's pickums being ruined? Uh, I, I don't know it. I don't want to knock Will Arndt, but you know he he's not the best option. Neither is Dominic Davis. Neither was Jonathan Jennings. Like they they've they lost so much compared to what they had last year, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where Brad Sinopoli is basically your number one receiver. And that is not a recipe that's going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, his supporting cast, it's its not there for him either. No. Uh, and he's not the fleetest of foot. He, he, he does catch basically everything you throw to him. But he's not, he doesn't make a lot of people miss. He, he's your possession receiver. He's great for second down conversions. Other than that, he's not going to single-handedly win you games. 
uh, you can probably put your best corner on them and completely ruin their offensive game plan right now. And it doesn't help that their quarterbacks have little to no experience almost other than John Jennings. Toronto, on the other hand, won four games this year. One of them was against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that, that one we all saw coming. Yeah. Um, Ottawa's the only team to score less than 300 points this season. They'll need to score 20 in the last game of the week if they want to get there. That seems like a tall order for a team that's now mm-hmm. lost 10 in a row. Speaking of Brad Sinopoli, he has passed Tony Gabriel for the most receptions in Ottawa fo- football history. Uh, I know well, we haven't had the... He, he struggled to produce this year, we'll say that. But that is, that's a big uh, milestone, and it, mm-hmm. it's an accomplishment for Brad Sinopoli to say he's got more catches in an Ottawa uniform than the legend. Uh, and like Tony Gabriel, like you said, legend and absolute icon when it comes to football in Ottawa. And yeah. for Brad Sinopoli to, you know, uh, be mentioned in the same sentence and, you know, there now he holds the record and it was Tony's record. It's, that's just, it goes to show like how important of a piece of the offense he is and how good he is. But when you take all the other pieces away, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's a guy that played quarterback in college. I know. I don't know if, I don't know if Rod Black's <laughs> mentioned that enough. Um, I, I love and, what they and, did. And still, and still, and, and still probably one of the best pass catchers in the league. Mm-hmm. I love what they did for SJ Green. Uh, he gets to a thousand yards for the seventh time in his career. His wife lied to him told them that she had lost the passports, but that they were all there uh, to celebrate the milestone with SJ. SJ's adamant and said, hey, I'm playing this year. I kind of wonder if it's not in Toronto or if they're just doing all of this stuff to make sure he sticks around. Well, I mean, if, if you have SJ, Armani Edwards, and if they keep... They somehow find a way to keep Darrell Walker. Like, I mean, it's going to be tough. Uh, yeah. Their their quarterbacks will still have great options to throw the ball to. And if you're going to if you're going to have O'Connor or Prukop as your starting quarterback or even Bethel Thompson if he if they bring him back, having the targets there is a huge part or a huge uh, a huge piece of the recipe for success because you have to be able to get uh playmakers the football and you know, I, I hate to bring it back to Ottawa, but they don't have the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball like they did with Ellingson and Deontay Spencer, uh, William Powell. Like, it's totally different offense. And I think without SJ, uh, I think I don't think we see the numbers that we see from Armani or, or Darrell Walker. Like, well, maybe Darrell Walker, but I, I don't think guys like Chandler Worthy, I don't think that they would get the looks if SJ is not out there because SJ is going to garner so much attention. Armani Edwards did have himself 126 yards in this mm-hmm. game. He's 48 away from 1,000 on the season. So I actually think that they're going to try and make that part of their mission next oh, yeah. uh, next year. He has actually never had 1,000 in his career. He's had 962, 974, and now 952. He's been so, so close. And I think they're going to make it a mission. Yeah, I, I mean, a thousand yards—that that is a huge thing for a receiver. Yeah. At the same time, that's just a picture of consistency too. Yeah, for him to constantly be, you know, right around, right around the same. You know what you're going to get week in, week out from Omani Edwards. AJ Olette made his CFL debut. He had five catches for 39 yards, uh, a touchdown there. Also, 11 carries for 69 yards, 21.8 fantasy points. For $2,500, he might provide Mm -hmm. some value at running back next week. He looks a little bit like a Chad Cackert. I would say not quite as fast, but a a similar player. Uh, I think that's a very fair comparison. He he protects the ball and and, is is not afraid of contact. And that's what you want. That's what you want in a running back. The Argos ended up winning by 30, but it was tied 8 8 with two minutes left in the first half, and then McLeod Mm -hmm. Bethel-Thompson engineers another touchdown drive. He leaves at halftime, 
And then we see Dakota Prukop and Michael O'Connor. I I kind of think that part of it was that they were playing Ottawa, but Dakota Prukop looked I thought he looked good. He he had two mm-hmm. touchdown passes here, including the first one that Rodney Smith threw out of the stadium. <laughs> threw into the lake. <laughs> Uh, Michael O'Connor came in. I thought he he did look nervous, but he's a big kid, uh, mm-hmm. and he ended up having a nice touchdown pass to Rodney Smith, who threw the ball into the stands. <laughs> they got that one back, though. <laughs> so uh, any anytime you have a milestone, do not throw it to Rodney Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's fair. I uh, I do wonder. I, I hope we see a half of Prukop and O'Connor against Hamilton for the last game of the week. Um, I thought they looked pretty good, and we'll see if they earned mm-hmm. another stay with them through the off season. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah. Right. Like. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of options right now where you can afford to not give them a shot. All right, let's uh, go to the last game of the week where the Rough Riders had everything to play for. It's simple: beat Edmonton twice, finish first in the West Division. And for Edmonton, this game was all about trying to get some momentum and having Trevor Harris rebuild chemistry with the receiving core. It went okay with Tavon Smith, 92 yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. 99 yards to Ricky Collins, 76 yards to Greg Ellingson, not so much to uh, Devaris Daniels, but on the first play of the game, it was a long, long completion to Ricky Collins Jr., and it seemed like Trevor Harris was back uh, I did see at some moments he was actually shaking his hand and I don't know if he banged it on mm-hmm. a helmet in one play I don't know if he's a hundred percent but 27 of 37 for 321 yards he had a touchdown and two interceptions they need him to have games more games like that if possible if they want to go anywhere in the playoffs well and you know I don't understand why I shouldn't say I don't understand um, with the, with the crossover it just seems like because it's never happened that it seems like it's a tougher way to go it's I don't know hard. if it is but I don't think anybody's going into Hamilton and winning that football winning that East final I, I think it's hard to uh, win in Montreal it's harder than it's mm-hmm. been since 2012 because they yeah uh, and it's hard to win at Hamilton too. So <laughs> yeah, and and I can guarantee you that Trevor Harris is not healthy. Right. I have some info. If you would like me to share it, I can. <laughs> share it away. You're not going to tell me your source, though, right? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't reveal my source on air because you know I don't need to get in trouble. Uh, he has something in or on his shoulder probably a bone spur that gets inflamed every time he throws a football. It's not like it gets like it works its way up to the inflammation. It's the minute he starts throwing, it becomes inflamed and it's probably going to need surgery. Wow. So does he have three games in him? Four games. It's going to be a pain management thing. I think. Wow. Wow. So it's not going to get any worse by playing. I, I don't think so. But. But uh, if it becomes more of an issue, like we saw Max Scherzer today slept wrong and he couldn't pitch in right. Game 5 of the World Series. Uh, you know, Trevor Harris could wake up tomorrow and he slept on his arm wrong and he can't move it. Wow. Right? The, yeah. Yeah. It put the Eskimos in a in a spot, but they they started this game fourteen nothing, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was when they actually forced a fumble on the Riders' goal line and started a drive at the one. They went into halftime up seventeen to seven. I went to West of us. I was not happy. I'm like, here the Riders are letting me down one more time. <laughs> so so what so what you're saying is that they're they're going to be the pallbearers at your at your yeah. Funeral. 
<laughs> or the reason that I'm in, in the ground anyway. Um, that is also fair. <laughs> I think Edmonton, while they wanted to get some momentum here, they also wanted to stay healthy. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They're just coming off the bye, had some guys able to get back on the field, and they lose Christian Jones, who was able to make the special teams into something positive for the Eskimos. That is a brutal loss if he's not able to go into the playoffs. I like Martise Jackson, but and I don't even know if he's ready to go, but losing Christian Jones is not good for that special teams. No, he has flipped that special teams uh, complete 100, 180 degrees. Uh, it, special team, the return game for the Eskimos was a joke. Right? Yeah. It was the running jokes. Like, punt it to them. Who cares? Well, they're not going to get a return. Uh, you know, and we talk about how important special teams is because you have to be able to flip uh, field position. And when you're kicking to Christian Jones, there's always that threat because he catches it and he, he he runs in a straight line. Right? There's no wasted yardage on a yeah. lot of his returns. He catches it uh, on the run a lot. He catches it on the run. Uh, can make guys miss. He, he he can make plays, uh, you know, and, and instead of starting at their own 20, which is what we saw the last couple of years, you know, maybe they're starting at their own 35 or their own 40 and a little bit of a shorter field for, for the offense to deal with. And the Riders' game plan in this one was clearly to pick on Money Hunter. And they said... Yeah, I think, I think that's a great <laughs> plan for every team should be doing that that plays Edmonton because he's either... He's either going to make the he's either okay so you're either going to catch the ball or he's going to take a dumb penalty. Like I I don't see a lot of in between or there are a lot of other things that happen other than those two outcomes when when you throw in money hunter's direction. And Kyron Moore, I think this was his biggest game of the season. He he had himself 10 catches, 159 mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown. On the other side, it looked like Edmonton was picking on LJ McRae, who ended mm-hmm. up having 10 tackles in this game. And anytime a DG a DB has 10 tackles, you That's know not a good thing. You know he's getting picked on. <laughs> yeah. And he's not making he's not making them miss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's happy to tackle them because the receiver has caught the ball. Uh you know, when it's if it's a safety Guys like that, I, I expect that a little more because they're usually over the top for help. Uh, but when it's when, it, when it's a defensive halfback, it's like it's a it's a little suspect. The difference in this game was then the Riders came out from halftime and they had a fourteen mm-hmm. point third quarter. Uh, they still, I thought, didn't use William Powell as much as they should be using him. He had nine carries for 60 yards. A lot of that was in the third quarter. Once Edmonton just put their ears back and started pass rushing, and that's how they were having success in the in the first half, they ran the ball, and Powell was chewing up yards. He, I mean, he had... Uh, like almost over six yards a carry. So when they were making that happen, the Eskimos' defense was on their heels. They started passing mm-hmm. again, and Cody Fajardo had 429 yards in this one, his fourth game-winning drive of the season. The defining moment was an incomplete pass on first and 10 with just over a minute to go. He They go to the slant to Shaq Evans. Weird. It didn't work. Uh, if Fajardo would have made a better throw, they would have converted on that one. It's second 10 on their six-yard line, and they drive down the field for Brett Lowther to kick the walk-off field goal and win the game 27-24. If that just doesn't, doesn't tell you Cody Fajardo's mental toughness, physical Ice toughness. Ice water. Yes. Ice water in his veins. I keep like, waiting, and I know it sounds pessimistic. I keep waiting for the magic to wear off. Yep, that's fair. I, I, this is this is not sustainable. We know this. No, like, this isn't going to happen. Uh, like on a regular basis. Yeah, they're hot right now. I get it, but we're just waiting. And I, 
and because it, it, it was so good in this game that a regression back to the mean is going to look real bad. But hey, the world isn't falling apart. <laughs> right? I'm not. I'm not going to come on here and lose my <laughs> like Rod Peterson would. <laughs> I, I think one of the defining moments in this game, too, was that pass interference call on Don Unamba. I think it was the third quarter, and it really kept the momentum going for Saskatchewan. Um, I thought Kyron Moore had the acting job of a century. Mm-hmm. Jason Moss throws the challenge flag. And the play stands, I thought it was very similar to what Deron Carter did against Edmonton a couple weeks ago. But it, it, it was probably one of those plays where if the flag wasn't thrown and it was challenged, which Saskatchewan would have to challenge, it probably would have stood. But we got to have the guts to overturn these stupid calls, especially if they're being reviewed. I don't know if the league wants to open again I and I know that we're we're already there but I don't know if they want to start overturning a lot of these because it's just it's, it's going to look like you have zero faith in your officiating which why let to be challenge? honest to be honest I don't have a lot of faith in in the officials in any of the four major sports right now so I I don't know if they just need to necessarily I don't I don't know if coaches need to you still you can't get rid of the challenge, but I think we need to start using a, a ninth or an eighth referee who right. strictly just sits in the booth and watches for the agree dismisses, so that teams don't have to use their challenge. Huh. Manny Arsenault scored a clutch touchdown to put the Riders in the lead. The whole offense was doing the old Bushwhackers thing. Uh, He comes in to replace Jordan Williams-Lambert. It'll be really interesting if that has earned him a spot for the playoffs. Shaq Evans had six catches for 174 yards. I believe it was his fourth game with over 150 yards. And he, he gets away with a lot, though. He, <laughs> he knows how to play the game when mm-hmm. the ball's coming his way. There's a lot of hand fighting and pushing off, but he gets away with it, and he, he, knows, he knows how to toe the line. I'll say that. If you're going to get 174 yards, and I know he doesn't run just slants. Yeah, but there were like, big plays that is, here. That is a go-to. Yeah, he's going to be cheating a little bit to get that separation. And every receiver does it, uh, and every DB uh, wants push-off calls when they're just as guilty trying to, you know, make sure arms can't get up, trying yep. to screen receivers and stuff like that. It goes both ways. I just think with Shaq Evans, we notice it a lot more. Yeah, because it's it's he, he always seems to be open, and guys don't just get open that easy. <laughs> there was a play when he was open by about 30 yards and I thought what mm-hmm. is Edmonton doing he had, to, he had to stop running he had to stop and turn around to get the ball he, he did and still no no defender around him yeah yeah it's like watching Tim Bits hockey <laughs> he and Mike Adam uh, both left the game for a while so it'll be interesting to see how they handle practice next week ahead of the season finale Saskatchewan is now first place in the West, and you alluded to it earlier. The last time the Riders finished first in the West, it was... 2009. The 13th Man Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh. The time before that, Tony Gabriel's catch. And then 1970 did not end well. 1968 no. did not end well. Lost to Calgary in the West Finals. 69 lost to Ottawa in the Grey Cup. First place has not treated the Riders well, and they've only finished no. first once in our lifetime, Tyrell. Once, other than if they clinch first this weekend. Yeah. And yet we keep coming back. <laughs> what are we doing? Just gluttons for punishment. <laughs> we'll be back to talk fantasy and pick 'em after this. If you're an Albertan, chances are you love our forests. 
With more than 60% of the province covered in them, they're where we play, explore, and work. Over 40,000 Albertans are employed because of our sustainable forestry industry. And before a single tree is harvested, we plan 200 years ahead to ensure healthy forests for years to come. Why? Because you nurture what you love. Learn more at loveabforests.ca. All right, we'll start with Pickham. I panicked after Calgary ended up losing to Winnipeg. I changed my picks and I uh, got the triple header right, but I got the Calgary game wrong on Friday night. How'd you do? Uh, I went three and one as well. Uh, I got I picked Calgary because I figured if Colaros is starting this game, he's probably not going to finish it. Uh, and yeah, and then I mean. Toronto, Ottawa, I basically just flipped a coin and hoped for the best. <laughs> we both uh, won our Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge matchups this week. But who were the top performers? Um, that is a great question, Travis. And I oh. would love to give you an informed answer. Uh, but I, I, I can kind of maybe piece some stuff together here. Okay, for I'm going to have to guess. <laughs> Bo Mitchell had 30. Yeah. Um, Just Dane looking. Evans had Dane 29. Evans. <laughs> Dane Evans at 29.2. Or should we just say Brandon Banks and stop the segment? Yeah. I, <laughs> I literally got home to Grand Prairie today, looked at my laptop and said, no. <laughs> Herji Mayala and Eric Rogers had big games. AJ mm-hmm. Olette, he might have led running backs, actually. He had over 20 points. And... How about Calvin McCarty with two rushing touchdowns poaching Shaq Cooper at the goal line? I I wonder if that was Calvin McCarty's final home game at Commonwealth Stadium. That I don't know. I just I I think he can just I think he could probably play till he's fifty. I, I think you need guys like that in the locker room, you know? Yeah, just a good glue guy. <laughs> I I know it's I know it's cliche, but Calvin McCarty, he is green don't, and gold. Don't you know? say it. Uh. <laughs> oh, is that what you didn't want me to say? No. So oh. you're good. Oh, I'm good? <laughs> yeah. He's been with the team since 2007. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how do you not like him? I, I love him getting the two touchdowns here. Uh, in this game, even though Shaq Cooper owners had to be choked for getting poached. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that they were not happy. <laughs> uh, at least you didn't have uh, Andy Milanovic leader and Brennan Galanders get you like 10 and a half points. Yikes, 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 yikes. Hey, the and Argos the defense, defense got me double digits. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I did not leave the Argos defense. And I'm like, oh, Colorado's is playing. Got to take the stamps. Two. <laughs> Although, who knows? Could it be Brandon Bridge and Danny O'Brien against the Calgary Stampeders defense this week? Maybe. God, <laughs> oh, that'd be bad. Uh, Brandon Banks not only probably set a CFL fantasy record, he also set the franchise record for uh, most catches in a single season. Mm-hmm. So he's my pick for MOP. Ty, you had to pick one. Who's, who would you pick? I, it's really hard not to give it to, to Speedy B to at this point. I know. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think you can't. I don't think you can't not give it to him. The green glasses are saying Cody Fajardo, uh, over 600 yards rushing, leading the league in passing. Although I don't know if he would have led the league in passing if... Bo played every single game. Mm-hmm. Same with Harris, right? Because Harris yeah. is only 300 yards behind him. Yeah. Um, his 18 touchdowns, eight interceptions. <laughs> but let's 112 catches, 1,550 yards, 13 touchdowns for Brandon Banks in 16 games. That's just receiving. <laughs> it's stupid. It's rookie on Madden. It's it's not even it's like playing your little brother. It's not even that fun. <laughs> he's got one rushing he's got fourteen touchdowns this year. He's my pick. 
I, I don't know how you don't give it to him at this point. Yeah. We're going in to the last weekend of the CFL regular season. I can't believe it. November is almost here. We will talk to you on Halloween. If you need any tickets for any event, NHL, CFL, concerts, both north and south of the border, seatgiant.ca. They are Canadian-owned and operated. The prices there are listed in Canadian dollars. Use the promo code APN. You're going to support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process and save 5%. SeatGiant.ca, promo code APN. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We will be back. Give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll talk to you to preview the last week of the regular season on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.